The Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation. Know the difference. Now, the Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News. Something old, something new, something borrowed, something blue. We're going to decode that. Welcome. It's Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. We got a ton to talk about, so let's get right to it. I'm Danny Clayton. Dr. Brian Jacobson is here. He's chief economist. Welcome. It's great to be here. And we got Dave Spano, president and CEO, Annex Wealth Management. Welcome. Thanks, Danny. And I got to tell you, we can't really even start the show without talking about what everybody is talking about, and that's NVIDIA. Its earnings came out this week 177% and guiding higher, Brian. Yeah, it is pretty incredible as far as the strength of the earnings growth that they have shown. Uh, Going into it, a lot of people were really nervous. You know, if you look at the price action of NVIDIA prior to the release, the stock was down, I think it was about four to 6% over the previous few days. Maybe people were thinking, expectations are way too high, but then they just blew those expectations out of the water. They said, hold my beer, look at these numbers. (laughs) And of course, and listen to this, Brian, they're talking about higher earnings because of a continued chip shortage. That's right. Yeah, which is really fascinating because oftentimes in the semiconductor industry, you go through these periods where there's almost a glut of chips that they over manufacture them but they are in really a unique position because of the speed of their gpus those graphic processor units that they use to power artificial intelligence and it's going to take a while for other semiconductor companies to really start competing with them there were some uh, rumors about uh, companies like intel tsmc that they're going to probably be trying to break into that space but over what time frame you know i think that's one of the big things is they've really carved out this, what you could call a niche, but it's no longer a niche. This is very mainstream as far as the demand for what they're producing. And this really comes from, Brian, this widespread experimentation of businesses using AI to become more efficient. So this really isn't going away. But listen to these numbers. The Magnificent Seven, the seven stocks that we talk about right now, are approximately 30% of market capitalization of the entire S&P 500. That is bigger than the real estate, utilities, communications, materials, energy, consumer discretion, all added together as a sector. So there's certainly an overweight in those seven companies, but we're going to have to continue to watch that. So let's go back to where Danny started with something old, something new, something borrowed, something blue. When it comes to something old, the thing that really caught my eye this past week was the Nikkei 225. Uh, what were you doing in 1989? Do you, do you remember back then? I was in the business. I was probably having a beer at the corner bar, though. <laughs> yeah. Well, also, wasn't there a Taylor Swift album called 1989? Was. I'm not a Swifty, Brian. I really can't speak. If you're saying it, it's true. That's right. Yeah. Well, I had to Google it. I have to admit that. But, uh, you know, maybe they were playing some Taylor Swift music from her album of that name because the Nikkei 225, it had hit a peak back in 1989 and it was on a downward slide rather dramatic one and then it had just been floundering but it has recently recaptured that previous 35 years later yeah only 35 years right now in fairness that's on a price 
basis. So sometimes with these indices, you have to remember, they're not including the dividends. Not that Japanese stocks are really known for kicking off very high dividends, but if you were to actually do a total return, so consider the dividends that it kicks off and then reinvesting those, it actually reclaimed the peak many, many years ago. But it was pretty notable to see this something old, the Nikkei 225 getting back to 1989. And you talk about that, Brian, and the fact that is there an opportunity to invest as we talk about the valuation of the S&P 500 to look across both ponds yes. to see where there's an opportunity. And so uh, we are watching that because of the fact that it's starting to get some good momentum. But of course, something old continues to be the Fed Reserve and their minutes. It is. Yeah, the, the minutes were a little dated, you know, because it is looking at what they said at the previous meeting. And we had already had plenty of Fed speakers out there. But it was interesting to dig into that and find out that some of the members of the Federal Reserve are a little concerned about keeping rates where they are for too long, but the majority are still concerned about cutting too soon. So there is this growing divide. It's not like it's a 50-50 split, but there are Fed officials that are really worried that, well, if they don't start cutting rates as inflation continues to hopefully trend lower, that they do run the risk of keeping this soft landing, no landing scenario, whatever you want to call it, that we're going through right now into something a little bit more uh, dangerous, especially given some of the challenges that smaller banks are experiencing with commercial real estate. And I think we're going to have to look at that because the Fed meetings are coming up and they are likely not going to cut at this meeting, but they are certainly going to have to look at it as we go into June and the rest of the year as they get closer to their target. That is correct. At the next meeting, which is in the middle of March, they are going to be talking about their balance sheet. They've been shrinking the size of their balance sheet. They might want to try to taper that what's called quantitative tightening, so slow down the shrinking of it. They don't know what they don't know. Right. And they do know that. And the problem is in 2019, they shrank their balance sheet a little bit too much and it caused some financial problems, especially in the overnight market for money with big banks and the such. And so they're very aware that they need to tread carefully here. And so mid-March, they're going to be having that conversation, probably make some announcement at the May meeting about slowing down the pace of the shrinking of the balance sheet. But then that could tee up maybe June for an actual rate cut. A lot will depend upon the data that comes out between now and then, though. So let's go to something new, something more important. You know, go away from talking about me, something old, to talking about something like you, something new. (laughs) Yeah. So I would say that the market has been hitting new highs. And a lot of times clients get really worried about, you know, is this the time to sell? We look at the fundamentals, valuations, trading opportunities. And so we can't really give a definitive answer one way or the other. It always depends on the context and what you own, knowing what you own, why you own it, and was it at a good price? And is it still at a good price? It Remember, it used to be new highs were old hat. Oftentimes, when you look at the data, the market is hitting a new high because things are actually pretty good, and they are likely to continue that way. When we look at things, you know, we know that service sector spending is beginning to slow a little bit, but nothing dramatic. Manufacturing activity is actually beginning to show maybe a few signs of life. The most recent purchasing manager index from S&P Global, they have one that they just released this past week. It actually hit a 17-month high. So it finally got to above break-even, meaning that Mm -hmm. the manufacturing sector maybe has stopped contracting. When you look at that, folks, the number that we look at is 50. Is it above it 
or below it. And that's really the break-even that Brian talks about. And then lastly, the Eurozone, as we alluded to, may be turning a corner. It might be. And again, it is uh, maybe a slow turn. That's one of the things from, I think it was in the 1980s that uh, this term eurosclerosis became kind of popular. The idea that they just didn't seem to be able to get out of their own way in terms of policies that they were implementing, the tax environment, regulatory environment, and all that. But they have been in a recession, two quarters in a row of a decline in GDP. These purchasing manager indices that came out are showing a little bit signs of life, not necessarily in Germany, but in more of these what we call peripheral countries, so like Spain, Italy, uh, those other ones that uh, remember back in 2011 and 12 were the epicenter of uh, some of the angst with the uh, debt problem over in Europe. But now those are showing some signs of life. The United Kingdom is showing some signs of life, but it's early days. I don't think that they're going to make this massive like V-shaped recovery. It's probably going to be more like this Nike swoosh shape. So moving along, we want to get to something borrowed. And of course, we all know what debt can do. But, you know, we're recycling some headlines from a year ago. But NVIDIA, again, as we alluded to to start the show, really came to the rescue. Yeah, a year ago. It was NVIDIA that came to the rescue of the markets. We were experiencing a bit of turbulence early in 2023, and suddenly NVIDIA came out with some blowout earnings. There's the launch of artificial intelligence with open AI. So uh, once again, NVIDIA to the rescue and with this AI craze. But again, we can also recycle some of the headlines from, say, March of last year. Remember that whole little banking crisis thing that Mm -hmm. we had with Silicon Valley Bank? Then it was because interest rates had moved up. The value of these banks' holdings of assets, especially treasury securities, had fallen, and that created some problems for those banks. Now the worry is more about commercial real estate. So now that we do know some of these loans are going to reset, need to be refinanced, is that going to start posing a problem? And the Federal Reserve, in their minutes, they actually flagged that as a worry, and they were rather blunt about it. They said the worst is yet to come. That's concerning. Of course, we always watch those treasury auctions to see if there's enough demand, but they have been a little weak. And let's try to wrap everything up with something blue. This one I had to stretch a little bit for, admittedly, but one of the headlines that I saw, you know, the airline JetBlue, they were in the Dow Jones Industrial Average. They were just replaced by Uber Technologies. So, Mm -hmm. you know, the card, the ride sharing app, um, they replaced JetBlue in the Dow. And the Dow Jones, remember, is really created by the people at uh, S&P Dow Jones. It's a committee and they want to pick about 30 stocks that represent the U.S. economy and they decided it was time to kick out one of these airlines and replace it with ride sharing. Another big one was kicking out Walgreens and mm-hmm. replacing it with Amazon. So they really want this to better reflect the U.S. economy. I think that it's a key thing to remember. Some of these indices that you see, they are very different, whether it's the Dow Jones, the S&P 500 or the NASDAQ. But sometimes they are built by a committee. And so if you're tracking an index, you're basically doing active management, but by a committee where, you know, they're not necessarily aware or paying attention to fundamentals or anything like that uh, of the companies. So there you go, Danny, something old, something new, something borrowed, something blue. Nicely put together. Our Week in Review, always available on demand at the top of the hour, wherever you get your podcasts and the Axiom newsletter. Thanks for listening. We're going to be right back on 92.5 Fox News. When you come to Annex, you get the whole team. That approach means you'll consistently interact with a group of experienced professionals who have key credentials, certifications, and knowledge in investment, tax, estate planning, and more. Visit AnnexWealth.com and click that Get Started button.
We're back on Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. Dr. Brian Jacobson, you have a busy Monday. Let's talk about that. I do. I'm really looking forward to it. So one of the great things is that I get to go on television. And on Monday, I'm going to be on Yahoo Finance first thing in the morning. And then in the afternoon, I get to be on CNBC. So it's a really exciting day for me. All right. You can be on TV. That's going to be great. You're on all the time anyway, right? right. <laughs> well, you know, it, a lot of what I do, it's actually talking to reporters. And so you'll see it in different publications. The TV thing is a little bit more special to me, though. Great. Dr. Brian Jacobson, our chief economist at Annex Wealth Management. You know, remarriages amongst seniors are on the rise. That's good. What's the right way to restructure your estate plan to take care of both your new spouse and your children, your family? That's next. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5. Fox News. Market volatility, global issues, inflation, still. More than a few headwinds this year. That's probably why Americans feel uncertain about their financial futures. Boomers, not much room for error. Gen X might need more than a 401k. And for millennials, it's time to get real about saving and investing. Talk to Annex Wealth Management. Build security with a partner on your side for unbiased advice. You may need more than investments. That's why Annex delivers tax and estate planning. There's an Annex plan personalized for you. Click the Get Started button at Annex Wealth. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management. Alec Durand is an estate planning attorney with Annex. Welcome back. Thank you for having me. You know, we dot I's, we cross T's here at Annex Wealth Management when it comes to our clients. Details matter. And when it comes to estate planning, there are plenty of details to watch, including some gotchas that can come up with remarriages, which are becoming more common with seniors. And we're going to talk about some of the situations. Alec, the first is making sure your current spouse is protected. And to be clear, we're talking about the new marriage partner. What could go wrong there? Yeah, first and foremost would be not updating your estate plan to account for the fact that you now have a new spouse. Default laws in different states can affect the passage of property. If you don't have an estate plan in place, you're going to be subject to the laws of intestacy of the state where you reside, which could unintentionally disinherit your new spouse or leave assets other than how you want them to go. Let's say it's your typical June wedding, right? When do you do this? Do you do this before you're married? Can you do it before you're married, illegally married? Most often, you're going to need to actually execute any joint estate plan with a new spouse after you're married. But you can definitely do some pre-planning before you're married. Particularly, prenuptial agreements become more and more common with second marriages. It can help to protect both any prior children and yourself if you're interested in making sure that your assets pass how you intend. But as far as executing anything jointly, that's typically going to have to wait until after the marriage is done. Estate planning and remarriages, what are the gotchas? Another is failure to protect your children from a prior marriage. How would that spell out? If you were married originally and you had children with your first spouse, when you get remarried, the law favors spouses, generally speaking. If you don't have a proper estate plan that's updated, you could unintentionally cut out your children from inheriting everything you otherwise want them to receive. So getting an updated plan in place can help to make sure that your children are protected. Alec Durand is an estate planning attorney at Annex Wealth Management. Talking about remarriage pitfalls, things to watch out for when structuring an estate plan upon remarriage. Failure to protect against depletion of assets. Okay, that sounds lawyerly. What what, what are we talking about there? (laughs) It's basically, going back to that earlier example of if you have children from a first marriage, you 
might want to leave assets to your now spouse, but you also want to make sure that your children ultimately inherit. You can do that. You just need to make sure that you have documents in place to make sure that your surviving spouse is taken care of, but your children will also ultimately be taken care of. Typically, that's going to involve some type of trust-based planning, often use of what's called a marital trust, where you're leaving assets to a surviving spouse. They get the beneficial use of those assets, but they might not have ultimate control over the distributions. That's where you can have some third party in place to make sure your surviving spouse is taken care of, but doesn't frivolously spend down the assets and disinherit your children. Here's one that might hurt the most, failure to protect your estate from your first spouse. Right. That is typically going to happen most commonly with a failure to update beneficiary designations. So beneficiary designations are assets that pass by contract. Most common ones are going to be life insurance policies, IRAs, 401ks, annuities, brokerage accounts. The named beneficiary of those accounts is almost always going to be the person that actually inherits those assets. If you don't update those designations after your either first marriage ended or after you get remarried, you could unintentionally, again, disinherit your current spouse or your children if you have any. So it's making sure that you've crossed all your T's and dotted all your I's following your new marriage. Let's talk about the case of a client of Annex Wealth Management, widowed or divorced. They're going to be married again. What's the process that you'd like to see? Bring everything then that currently have? Yeah, I mean, best practice for us, we always would like to see a client's estate plans because it can help us better inform them about their financial planning. We can help guide them through how their assets are going to be transferred and whether their current beneficiary designations are consistent with their estate plan or with their new life situation if they got remarried. So knowing that can be helpful for us. It's not required. Some clients don't want to share that personal information, and that's totally fine. What we would encourage clients to do is at least share those life updates with us. If you're going to get remarried or if you're contemplating divorce, let us know so we can help update your financial plan accordingly, particularly when it comes to updating those beneficiary designations. Estate planning, tax planning, investment retirement planning, it's what we do. You can start at AnnexWealth.com. Alec Durand is an estate planning attorney at Annex Wealth Management. He and the team watch over these and other little gotchas that our clients want and need to avoid. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Sunday, February 25th, quick break. We're going to be back. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. Cut through the clutter with Axiom, the weekly newsletter from Annex Wealth Management. Subscribe today for seven insights built and delivered to you every Sunday. It'll help you navigate the markets and the things that affect your money. The Axiom. Sign up at AnnexWealth.com. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management? This topic is going to make you scratch your head. Is retirement bad for your brain? I spotted that headline, wanted to dig a little deeper to help us out. Deanne Phillips is here. Hey, Deanne. Hi, Danny. Author Mitch Anthony is the author of The New Retirementality. Yeah, I love him. You know, I had the privilege of hearing him speak live several years ago, and he's actually given permission for us to use some of his concepts and materials for our workshops with women and wealth. He writes really great stuff. Well, how about that? Well, in this book, he writes, quote, there's a 30% reduction in short-term memory. Boredom is a real thing. The human species needs something productive to do. Otherwise, life feels aimless. A lot of retirees say they're busy. Busy? Doing what? Doing something 18 levels below your pay grade is not good for you, unquote. So, Dan, you know this guy. Um, you've seen his stuff before. 
do you see it sometimes with clients? Yeah, we really do. You know, it's very human while we're working or, or when we're retired also to confuse activity with productivity, right? So while we might be, quote unquote, busy, we're not actually being productive. And, you know, we've always said you don't stop being an A-type personality in retirement, right? So challenge is important. Axiom is the free weekly newsletter that we publish from Annex Wealth Management. And in a recent issue, we got at this, asking, if you are retired, how do you keep your brain active and challenged? We got a lot of feedback. In fact, too many to share all of them. Many, many people said they are active readers. Many do puzzles like Sudoku. A lot of people do Wordle. Deanna, kind of want to go through some of the favorites that I got because they're really good. Here's one. Reading the same technical type articles as when I was working. I also like doing the same type of work, but as a hobby interesting. That is interesting. You know, one of the things that I'm noting based on what you've been citing before is really good brain activity, but sedentary. And really, you know, to keep the brain active, there needs to be engagement with the body as well. I found it of interest where people were talking about grandchildren, because I think you'd be hard pressed to say you're not going to be active physically if you're taking care of little grandchildren, right? Oh, here's one. Listen to this. Owning racehorses, volunteer work, sitting on boards, rental properties, helping young grandkids with math homework oh that goodness. I don't understand, <laughs> yeah. and then travel to new parts of the world. So you're <laughs> right. If you tried to teach a, a child how they learn long division in the last couple decades, it's a real challenge. Well, this is what they talk about, <laughs> challenging yourself. It's that neuroplasticity that we need to challenge ourselves. Uh, here, here's another one, working on mathematical things exercise. Here's another. Genealogy research, working out with a trainer and then asking which muscles are being utilized. And that's from somebody that was over 70 years old. I love that. And you know, age should not be a factor in all this. You know, we do what we're comfortable doing movement wise, but it is important to stay active. It does help studies show engaging the brain and longevity when we're physically and mentally active. So making sure that we do get out of that chair or if we're chair bound, we're doing chair exercises, right? To, yep. to make sure that we get that connectivity. Different chemicals are released in the brain when you physically exercise as well. So again, I, I think it's equally important. The question in Axiom was, if you're retired, how do you keep your brain active and challenged? We're just kind of going through a couple of these. Here's another one, social interaction. And a lot of people mention this too, because we know that and studies show us that Alzheimer's, you know, depression for sure, has a lot to do with isolation too. So being in an environment or having exposure to an environment where you're interacting with others yep. who are doing an activity that you like, where you're doing it together, that also increases some of the right hormones and, and keeps you sharp, too. Yep. Here's one. Primarily by deliberating, learning new things across a breadth of topics and activities like landscaping, making espresso, workout routines, cooking, finance, and more. Start by reading, online learning, then try fail and try again. Yeah, one person said trading commodities. Uh, yeah, <laughs> maybe that right? falls under that too, but I'll tell you what, I used to say that my my idea of retirement is never having to watch CNBC ever again as long as I live, because I've had <laughs> decades and decades and decades with it in front of my face, but uh, no, really. Uh, you know, learning something new. So some people said a musical instrument, which, you know, is very mathematical. Mm -hmm. That also, again, incorporates the body and the mind. Yeah, and you know, folks, you might stink at it in the beginning 
morning, but that's okay. Sure. If you're not stimulated, any idea, when does this start to happen in retirement if people aren't kind of keeping themselves stimulated? Is it not a first year thing, is it? Well, different people have different attention spans and time frames. So I guess I can answer it this way. I remember when my father retired, he was 65 years old, the average age. He was forcibly retired. He wouldn't have chosen to do it. His whole department got laid off. And he ended up going, okay, this is great. I can golf. I can play tennis. I can swim. That lasted for three months. Yeah. You know, long enough to figure out that you need to do something else. Exactly. Researchers said they hope the findings will influence how retirees view their retirement activities from a more holistic perspective and pay attention to social engagement, active volunteering, participating in activities, fostering mental acuity. It's easier said than done. It is. You know, we all love the idea of retiring early, but remember, we're retiring to something, not from something. So we have to figure this out ahead of time. Yep. And we think about this for you guys. We really, really do. We want to put a great plan together, but then we want to talk about life in retirement. That is really important. You can start, head to our website, AnnexWealth.com, click that Get Started button, start the wealth metric process. Deanne Phillips, Director of Client Learning and Development, CFP, CDFA at Annex Wealth Management. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. If you'd like an honest opinion of where you are financially and where you're headed, it's time for Wealthmetric. Don't ask why, ask why not. Unleash the power of what's next. Wealthmetric, powered by Annex Wealth Management. Click the Get Started button at AnnexWealth.com. Back on Ask Annex, we've got our guys in the studio to help you out. If you got a question, you head to our website, AnnexWealth.com. Look for the Ask tab. Matt Morrissey, Investment Team Manager and a CFP. Hello. Hey, Danny. And we got Fred Coleman, CFP and a Wealth Manager. Welcome. Welcome, Danny. All right. Question number one, does the hype around AI remind you of the hype around 5G? For me, it does. Tech has been beat up in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I think it's a good question, and it's always interesting to go back over time and find different comparisons for things that we're going through. That's very human nature for us to do. To me, though, looking at, at AI versus 5G, and I'm certainly no tech expert myself, but I, I do really think that they're different. AI, to me, at least the things that I'm hearing and talking to the guys on our team here is that AI is really just is a global changing technology. It's been around for a while, but we're getting to the spots now that the technology is really caught up to it to allow that to grow and impact all different areas of our lives. To me, 5G is one step along the way of certainly tech advancements as well too, but in terms of how we get data, how fast we get data, the speed and all of that that goes through. And you know, at some point here, we're gonna have 6G, you know, it just keeps kind of building on itself. But AI is something that that can change not only how do we invest, you know, so we look at those things internally here at Annex, but how does medicine get created and new pills and, and ways to, you know, heal our bodies, that changes. So many other ways that AI is going to change how we write, how we do research, how we do all these different things that could impact our lives. I mean, you think the impact of college students who are trying to use AI to, to go through their classes and teachers have to use AI to try to figure out if the students are doing it. That's so much of a, a next level type thing to me than compared to 5G, which is kind of just an advancement of a current technology. I thought 5G was going to do more. I have been underwhelmed. There's two types of 5G. You know, there's a fast and a slow, and I got the slow. (laughs) I'm talking to you, unnamed cellular carrier. Okay, next up on Ask Annex. We'll both be 60 this year. I'm 100% ready for retirement. My job stinks, and I don't want to do it anymore, and I've got ample assets. The trick is health insurance between now and Medicare at 65. We have an HSA that we're using as a retirement fund, but that goes away if I retire. 
it sounds like some planning is needed here. If you have ample assets, then it sounds like you need to get the plan together. I can understand how healthcare is a concern. Uh, you have a few options. The first option is you can go on COBRA. This will let you stay on your current healthcare plan for 18 months. After that, what you'll need to do is go out onto the marketplace and see what the costs are, and you want to build that into your financial plan. You know, it, it could be less than you think, you know, depending on what your income is. The last option that I think is often overlooked is just getting a job part time for healthcare. And you can also use that as a hobby. Um, I used to work at a job a while back when I was in college, and it was a very difficult job, you know, loading boxes onto a truck, sweating, 4 o'clock in the morning. So you probably think about what company this is, and there were a lot of older guys working there. And I would ask them, why are you working here? And number one answer was healthcare. So that kind of tells you the importance of that, and it also keeps you busy. Now, when it comes to your health savings account, usually those aren't use it or lose it. So if you have a health savings account, I'd be interested to see what type of account that really is, because if it's a HSA, then you should have that until you deplete the funds. Fred used to load boxes all night long when he was in college. That's why he's so jacked. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. he, he I've always been up. more of a desk worker, so I don't <laughs> have that same physique that yeah. Fred's like working Yeah, my with. knees and back pay for it, though. So. <laughs> right. Next up, is my timing bad if I want to move cash into a simple S&P 500 fund? Certainly, I'm buying near the top. Yeah, you know, and that's always a risk. And, and for most people, that tends to be an emotional decision at that point or, or the fear that they bought the top and the market's never going to go up again. And at that point, you know, we really want to look at is what is your risk tolerance? What is the time period in terms of when you're going to need these funds? You know, what's your overall goal for it? We've said a few weeks back, and it's kind of a fun saying for me or, or kind of a glib thing to an extent is that in order to hit an all-time high, it had to just pass up another all-time high. So you have that cycle that goes through that, that in order to for that money to grow, it's going to have to keep hitting new all-time highs. And that becomes very, very common. But what I would really look at is, again, if you're putting money into the market today, is that a long-term spot for it or or is this short-term? If it's short-term, I, I wouldn't invest it. I would find a money market to put it in, a CD, treasuries, things like that, that are going to guarantee a specific interest rate for you, um, specific timing in terms of when you're going to be able to get that money back and work through things like that. But if this is something that you're not going to use for years, I think you're really fine with doing that. You do have to take that risk that maybe we are at a little bit of a peak and we get a pullback and you're probably going to have some regret on, on waiting on that. And if you think think that's what's going to happen. I would dollar cost that money in that. I would add a little bit at a time over the course of a few weeks, few months, or maybe even longer if this is really long-term money. And that way, at least you don't have the emotional regret of if you ended up hitting a peak. Yeah, Matt, you hit it right on the head. I wouldn't let this deter you from investing, especially if it's long-term. History tells us that what the top is today is going to look like a bargain years from now. Mm -hmm. We've hit an all-time high over 350 times since 2013. So that tells you the power of the market. Uh, so don't let the hype of the all-time high deter you from investing. That's Ask Annex, Matt Morsey, Investment Team Manager, CFP. Thanks. Thank you. Fred, The Rock Coleman, thank you. <laughs> thanks, Danny. <laughs> this is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. Headlines, texts, emails, the TV, the computer, the phone, even your smartwatch. Every day, market volatility can lead to anxiety and planning paralysis. No surprise, Americans report being stressed about their investment and retirement plans. Turn down the media roar. Dial up the planning. Put Annex Wealth Management on your side for investment and retirement guidance that includes tax and estate planning. Head to AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. Know the difference with a fee-only fiduciary. That's Annex Wealth Management. 
Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management, joined by Todd Voigt, Chief Investment Strategist at Annex Wealth Management. Hello, Todd. Hi, Danny. As part of the Annex Wealth Management Investment Committee machine, you've got plenty of exposure to a number of clients, and over the course of your career, unfortunately, seen some marriages end, which is a process that requires the detangling of assets. One of the terms people might be familiar with is Qualified Domestic Relations Order, or Quadro. Can you please define a quadro? Quadro is a court order, really, that attorneys submit to the court to divide assets for their clients, and the largest assets, of course, being homes or pensions. And specifically related to this, it's pertaining to pensions. We'll be involved in that and helping in the distribution of those quadros that we follow through in the planning part. Uh, someone else might assist the attorney in drafting a quadro. You don't necessarily have attorneys, or attorneys aren't automatically qualified to draft these things, so they rely on people that have connections to plan administrators and so forth to draft a proper language. And then we follow through on the annex side with the retirement planning and tax planning and all other things. If you're an attorney who works in the divorce field, you'll see quadros. And Annex Wealth Management has an event, especially for you, Tuesday at Florida Gulf Coast University, and you'll get an hour and a half of CLE credits. We'll have all the details at the end of this conversation. Todd, during the divorce process, when a couple have portfolios that include pensions, 401ks, other various retirement accounts, what options does each party have when they're working through that division? As part of that process, there's a settlement agreement that serves as a basis for the drafting of the quadros. In that settlement agreement, certain things are addressed, you know, cost of living adjustments on the pension and so forth, and how assets are divided. You know, we have an interest in helping people with this in the distributions. Now, that's different depending on whether a plan is a defined benefit plan where you get a monthly benefit at retirement or it's a defined contribution plan where it's an account balance. Those are important because you can divide the retirement benefit in many different proportions, not necessarily 50-50. That's on the defined benefit. And those are typically older, traditional-type pension plans in the past. More common are the defined contribution 401k, 403bs, where you have an account balance. The key about that is whether you're an alternate payee, a participant, or any just average person on the street that has a 401k, you don't know what that translates into a retirement benefit. What is it going to mean for a monthly income when you retire? And that's where the retirement planning part comes in. The tax planning part comes in because specific to quadros and alternate payees and so forth, they can get cash as part of the distribution. They're not subject to the penalty, but they're subject to tax. So you can take a certain amount of cash up front and take it up to, for example, the next tax brackets. Because if you took out your, it's a million dollar 401k and you're entitled to half of that and you take the whole thing out, you're going to be propelling yourself into the highest tax bracket. We're with Todd Boyd, Chief Investment Strategist, Annex Wealth Management, covering qualified domestic relations orders or quadros during divorce. We've got a special presentation for attorneys who work with quadros as part of their practice. This happens Tuesday at FGCU. Details in just a couple of minutes. There are options, right? for the spouse and the proceeds? Can it stay in a plan? Can you roll it over? You can actually do both. Taking the alternate payee side, they can take as part of that distribution a rollover to an IRA, which is the most common, but they can also take cash as part of that. There's a question that comes up uh, for the attorneys on attorney's fees. There can be multiple quadros drafted, not just one that, that pertains to that asset. It can be multiple. One actually specifically address attorney's fees. Uh, the cash distribution and how much I mentioned before, you know, you got to be aware of the tax consequences. 
the rollover to the IRA, what is it ultimately used for? Well, it's ultimately used for that person's own retirement. There's a number of factors that alternate payees, age, their tax bracket, and so forth that comes into play in determining what options best for that client. Who's involved with this divorce attorney, wealth management partners like Annex Wealth Management? I mean, this is an important moment. You need to watch out for red flags. And that's a great point because there's not many wealth management firms that are involved in this area that the attorney can rely on to help guide that client the rest of the way post-divorce. Red flags would be, what do you do if you're an attorney and you get the quadro drafted, submitted, and so forth, and the client gets awarded this one half of the pension? Well, they get sent off on their way, and they may end up at a brokerage firm or bank or or somewhere else. And the key is, how do the people get paid that are helping that client? Are they paid on commission or paid on fees? Are they fiduciaries? At Annex, we're fiduciaries. Let's talk about what happens on Tuesday. Well, Tuesday is a program on drafting of quadros put on by Tim Voigt, and then the distribution of quadros and post-divorce planning, which is largely what we were just talking about, for the attorneys. It is held at Florida Gulf Coast or FGCU. It's in Cohen Room 214. Go to the Annex website to register or give us a call, and we'll get you registered for that program. Todd Voigt, Chief Investment Strategist, Annex Wealth Management. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Danny. Up next, our weekly check-in with Robert Chastain, Branch Director, Wealth Manager at Annex Wealth Management, Southwest Florida. It's Money Talk, Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. When you come to Annex, you get the whole team. That approach means you'll consistently interact with a group of experienced professionals who have key credentials, certifications, and knowledge in investment, tax, estate planning, and more. Visit AnnexWealth.com and click that Get Started button. Back on Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. Now hook it up with Robert Chastain, Branch Director and Wealth Manager at Annex Wealth Management in Southwest Florida. Hey, Robert. Hi, Danny. Is retirement the way it's portrayed in TV commercials? Leisurely no. bike rides. <laughs> <laughs> Lunch with friends, watching whales, strolling through gardens in slow motion. Robert says no, and, and we hope it's closer it to can that be. than not, <laughs> but probably not, and that's okay. We're going to face some fears head on, and they shouldn't be a surprise if you know they're lurking, we are better prepared to deal with them. The one we'll start with is one that we've talked a lot about on this show, and it happens, and that's battling boredom. Now, going into retirement, knowing that that might be something you need to get over helps a little, right? Battling boredom is one of the biggest things, Danny. I mean, your whole career, you have all this structure, you have this schedule five days a week. I mean, basically, your schedule is taken up five days a week. You get to choose two, and now you get to choose all seven. So one thing to always add, you can add your own structure, your own schedule, and that should include an alarm clock. Get yourself Mm. out of bed, get going, you know, have something on the calendar you're going to interact with other people. And if you have other talents that you've developed over your career, maybe you volunteer them back. It'll make you feel good. Just get out, keep moving, keep your mind engaged, body, and then enjoy your retirement. One of the bigger fears, and I'm going to jump to the end, is get a plan, and maybe this won't be as bad, but another fear is running out of money. Uh, it's a valid fear, and it's one that I, I speak about a lot with clients. But here's one thing that we do, do at Annex Wealth Management. If you have a financial plan, if you have a estate plan, if you have a tax plan, and 
we have a distribution strategy for you. And if you've built confidence, you've seen the assets grow, you see how things are going to work, you'll have confidence in that. And if we have a down year in the market like we did in 2022, you'll know that you can weather that storm and you'll have a lot more confidence that you are not going to run out of money as long as you stick to your plans. Hey, Robert, how much of a fear is navigating health insurance? And I, maybe if somebody is not on Medicare yet, they need to navigate something between now and when they do get on Medicare. Is that a problem? It, it is a problem, Danny. And I don't know if it's as much of a fear as it is confusion. Yeah. It's, you know, Medicare, it's so confusing. And we do have experts here to help you. So if you aren't a client, call us. We can help you with that. But, you know, there's three or four different parts of Medicare. Obviously, unless you're on disability, it doesn't kick into your 65. So you may need a gap insurance before you turn 65. But make sure you do turn it on at 65, get in there, and make sure you have, you know, the hospital coverage, the regular coverage, prescription coverage, and our experts, they'll guide you through that process, but it is confusing. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. We're with Robert Chastain, Branch Director, Wealth Manager at Annex Wealth Management here in Southwest Florida. Looking at retirement, is it a mirage? Do you have a little trepidation. Fear number four, and this is going to be one that I battle with, even though I've got a good plan from Annex Wealth Management, transitioning from savings to income because I'm the glass half empty guy. You are the glass half full, Danny. But here's the thing. Your whole life, you're saving, saving, saving. I got to get to retirement. Got to get to retirement. And all of a sudden, I'm not saving anymore. I'm drawing from it. Psychologically, you have to get over that. And again, we'll go back to it. If we've shown you how you're going to draw from that, and even though your balances may be drawing down, but maybe, maybe not, you know, with your assets working for you, you may be even or even slightly ahead. But it's just the fact that oh, I don't have a monthly paycheck or I don't have a weekly paycheck. Create that, have some assets, move to your checking account once or twice a month. You'll still feel like you're getting a paycheck and you should be confident with that. Fear number five, and this is a good one. In fact, the headline on fear number five is managing new family dynamics. The sub headline is you might drive your spouse crazy. I actually did do this. You know, I, uh, many of you know, I, I uh, uh, was retired for a little while and I drove everybody in my family crazy. It was me, it wasn't them. You know, I thought I'd come home and fix everything. Nobody thought anything was broke but me. But love the one you're with, you know, the old saying is now you're going to be with them 24 7, but you don't have to be. Each one of you can have your own activities, you know, your own likes, dislikes, things that you're going to on a daily, weekly basis. But then you come together and you get to talk about it. Plan your stuff, some with each other, some separate. Just come up with a balance, but always communicate with your spouse that, hey, is this okay for you, working for me? And you, you should come up with a plan that is workable for both of you. Hey, Robert, do you remember the Flintstones? Oh, yeah. All right. At the very end of the Flintstones, what happens? Fred is uh, yeah, Fred is thrown out. <laughs> no, he's thrown out of his own. Oh, that's house. right. He gets that's thrown right. out of the house. Yeah, that's yes, right. Be careful of that, <laughs> folks. Our our bottom line is embrace this new chapter. It it really is, Danny. I mean, it's it it is a new chapter, and hopefully, you have three or four chapters before the end is written. We want it to be successful for you. Tackle it just like you've tackled your career. Enjoy it. 
I always tell clients this, Danny, enjoy the journey because none of us know when the hourglass is going to run out. How do you want to be remembered? You know, build that. Just enjoy your family, your spouse, your dog, your community. Then we get the successful end of retirement for all of us. Life is a gift. Life is wonderful. Plan for it. We're ready to assist investment, retirement planning, tax planning, estate planning. We do it as a fee-only fiduciary. Know the difference. Our website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Robert, how do we get a hold of you? You can reach me at 239-350-6363. And Wednesday, February 28th, we have an event at the Naples Grand Hotel from 4 to 6. Women in Wealth, come see us. It's going to be a great event. Looking forward to it. Robert Chastain, Branch Director, Wealth Manager at Annex Wealth Management Southwest Florida. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Danny. We're going to be right back. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. The Annex Wealth Management Investment Committee is locked and laser-focused on every aspect of the markets. Go deep with the SWAT podcast. Strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. Delivered every Monday morning on Spotify. Search Annex Wealth Management for the SWAT podcast. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management. Deanne Phillips in the studio. She's Director of Client Learning and Development, a CFP and a CDFA. Welcome back. Hi. I found a letter. Could you read this, please? This is sweet. It's a great one. So this is what it says. I'm a healthy and active widow in my late 70s. My intention is to stay in my house forever. Well, that is until a good friend visited and said, you should be moving. The house is much too big with too many stairs. Move before you have to. That jolted me since I love where I live and love my home and community. It's where my late husband and I raised our three children. After 40 years, what should I reluctantly be thinking about? That is a tough one, and I bet one that you've come across. So let's talk about it, Deanne. Downsizing or aging in place, is this something that you see much of? Oh, absolutely. Many people feel attached to their house for good reason. This is not uncommon. Memories and family have been built there, and it currently houses all our stuff. Sometimes that alone can deter somebody from moving. It seems that there are two parts to this dilemma. There's the emotional part, and that may be the more difficult one. All right, because our homes are comfort zone, and that is important, especially as we age. It's what we've built to make it not just a house, but a home. You know, we may have neighbors who are good friends and a support system. We may have put in a fantastic garden that we would be reluctantly leaving behind. I can relate to that one. And, you know, it may be in a perfect location where it's very close to other friends or family, stores, doctors, places that are important to us. And moving opens up the door to the unknown change is hard downsizing or aging in place if you'd like to stay in your home you're not alone a 2022 survey found that 88 percent of adults 50 and older want to age in place it was 77 percent in an aarp survey clear reasons that you see yes but you know i do have to say too even though they want to per the surveys doesn't mean they necessarily do actually over 50 percent of retirees do what they call right sizing actually do move Mm. in retirement and you know for a lot of them it's the reason that all these surveys cite people want to be closer to family but 
if the family's young and mobile, they move. And we know this. And, you know, even before the pandemic, people were downsizing. And contrary to what we might think, some want extra space so they could actually be upsizing and be the ones their children and grandchildren come to for the holidays. Sure. Because that's what they value. Makes sense. Well, here's the rub, though. Most adults are not prepared to age in place. Danny, I have this conversation with clients all the time. Things familiar to us now while we're healthy, we don't think about it as we age. For example, we imagine that our kids will help us, but they have their own lives. And it depends upon how far away they are and how busy they are. We may be overestimating the amount of time it takes to give the kind of help we might need as we age. And not all older adults want to downsize. The pandemic served as a motivator for many to rethink lifestyle and what's important, but you need to ask questions, and there are so many of them. Well, yeah, sure. So, so for example, is this space right for your needs? Is it too much to maintain? And that does include that yard work, you know, sometimes mm. depending on where you live, shoveling, raking. Many times we think, ah, I'll just hire some help. But have you put that thought into budgeting and cash flow needs? Because it all can add up. If your cash flow is changing, are the house expenses manageable? Do you want to be closer to friends or family? Do you have a lot of equity in your home now locked up? And if you downsized, if that's a viable option, then would you have that money to do things that also make your soul singer make you happy, like travel? If you stop being able to drive, would transportation be an issue? Are you too isolated where you are now if you age in place? Are you close enough to what you need? And can you get there? Grocery, doctor, all those things. Here's an interesting one, though, too. Would you actually be lonely if you're there alone? And are you a better candidate for an age in place community where you have amenities and people around you? Dan, we had some friends, nice suburban home. They sold it to move to an urban setting, and they had a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. Even then, after they moved, my friend said to me, you got to purge, and then you purge more, and then you need to purge further. We've lived in the same place for a while. We've got a lot of stuff. Right, and what they're describing is pre-downsizing. Now, believe me, the younger generations don't want most of our stuff. So getting rid of things now is helping them as well as helping us. You know, when you start being before you have to move you're under less pressure and stress and deadlines and you're also potentially cleaning out that storage unit while you're physically up for the task this leaves again less for your loved ones you know it took my nephew and me three weekends to clean out dad's storage unit when he passed well of course we did spend a lot of time looking at memorabilia that's the fun part you of it. bet did you see the stat what is the average number of things we have in our house Well, uh, yeah, this is interesting. The average home has over 300,000 items. Say that again. 300,000 items, right? And it's never too early to sift and sort, regardless of the decision to move or not. These are big steps not to be taken lightly. If it's part of your life plan, that means it's probably part of your financial plan. And that is important. You know, again, taking a look at all of your resources, what you have, what you're earning, what you're, how your investments are doing, and wrapping it all into your wants, your needs, and your values. For investment, retirement planning, tax planning, and estate planning, we do it as a fee-only fiduciary. Know the difference. Our website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Start that wealth metric process. Dan Phillips, Director of Client Learning Development, CFP, and a CDFA at Annex. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me, Danny. Cut through the clutter with Axiom, the weekly newsletter from Annex Wealth Management. Subscribe today for seven insights built and delivered to you every Sunday. It'll help you navigate the markets and the things that affect your money. 
the Axiom. Sign up at AnnexWealth.com. And we're back. Three easy ways to access content from Annex Wealth Management. We're on the air. We're on the stream on the podcast. This show is going to go live on Spotify and other podcast platforms at the top of the hour. I'm Danny Clayton. In the studio, we've got Dr. Brian Jacobson, Chief Economist. Dave Spano is President and CEO of Annex Wealth Management. Yeah, thanks, Danny. You know, I get the great opportunity to move around and talk to lots of folks and be at the grocery store or filling up the car. People do want to talk about NVIDIA. They want to talk about tech stocks. But I would remind people that there's a number of things that we do when we look at investments. And there's these three axioms that we use, Brian, to look at a measurement of each one of these securities. There are. And really, when it comes to kind of assessing the market opportunities, there's a couple different ways in which we do it. There's a top-down approach where you can think about what's the economic context that we're in and likely to go into. And then we think about thematically, where might we want to be overweight or underweight? Where are the opportunities? And then it gets into the positioning, which is oftentimes uh, a very personal personalized discussion. One of the things that we do is build personalized portfolios. And so it's going to depend upon any sorts of restrictions, legacy securities, tax considerations, and all that. So that's kind of the top down. But when it comes to the bottom up analysis, we take an approach where we really want to understand the fundamentals. What are the drivers of cash flows to shareholders from the companies that we invest in? And then what are the valuation opportunities? And when it comes to assessing valuations, it's not just just a matter of looking at what's the current price relative to like the last 12 month earnings or the book value of the company. It's more forward looking, trying to anticipate what are the earnings likely to be in the next year, even over the next decade. So taking into consideration those growth opportunities. And then it's really the third pillar is the trading opportunities. What is the market telling us about sentiment and flows and liquidity? So when we bring that all together, it actually shows us that there are still opportunities in this market, even though the market as a whole, if you look at the NASDAQ, the S&P 500, you can see how far it has risen year to date or even over the last year. Compare that to some of these multiples. There are lots of other companies out there besides those just in the S&P 500 or Magnificent Seven. And the reason why I bring this up, folks, is because you know people shouldn't be overweighted. There should be a certain limit or percentage of your portfolio that you do. That's number one. And number two, are you doing all of these things? Are you doing the work before putting these things into your portfolio? And if you're flying uh, by yourself on this, you know, we have a big team that looks at all of these things. So that's number one. And then I would also caution people, there are a lot of wild cards, even though we expect a good run because it's a presidential election year, and that generally uh, historically has been good for the markets. There is a number of wild cards that still exist, and of course, geopolitical risk is at the top of that list. Yeah, I think the geopolitical risks are really the biggest risks out there, whether it's what's going on you know, between Russia and Ukraine, the Middle East, the possibility of tensions with Taiwan, possibilities in the election year about what's going to change in terms of regulations, and not just in the United States, but even outside of the United States. This is the year of elections. There are more elections taking place in the world this year, if you look at it as far as the percentage of the population affected by elections. So more this year than ever before. And now when I say ever before, I have to say it's back to like the 1900s because we don't have really good data on it going prior to that. So it is a major year where there could be some changes. Uh, one of the big risks that I'm really looking at are some of the valuations with some companies. But 
I do have to admit, it's only with a concentrated few number of companies. That concentration risk where you have all of your chips in just right. on one batch. Chips theory. Here can we go with chips again. Next we're going to talk about potato chips. With the <laughs> That's chips right. Chips again, yeah. right. So concentration risk. And again, the last thing we want to get in before the end of the show here is that the Federal Reserve still could be a wild card. And you know, by the way, when you're talking about political risk, too, you're talking about change in policy. But the Federal Reserve, of course, could have a change in policy. And we'll have to see because they still want more information on inflation before they act. And as you talked about early in the show, that could suggest that they hang around too long with too tight of rates. It's a lagging indicator, and that could mean that we could get a slowdown late into 24 or perhaps into 25. All of the reason why, as you know, I pound the table on know what you own, why you own it, and how much you're paying for it. Dave Spano is our president and CEO of Annex Wealth Management. Thanks for joining us today. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. thanks, Danny. It was a great show. Thanks, Brian. Great job. Dr. Brian Jacobson, Chief Economist. Thank you. Thank you. Investment, retirement, tax, and estate planning. We do it as a fee-only fiduciary. We'd love to do it for you. And we'll do it with Annex Comprehensive Wealth, Annex Private Client, or Annex Ignite. It's time to put things in the hands of seasoned professionals. Click that Get Started button at AnnexWealth.com. Quick reminder, Women's Guide to Preparing for the Unexpected on the 28th at Naples Grand Beach Resort. It's a free event. Don't have to be a client. Details at AnnexWealth.com events. Thank you for listening. See you next Sunday at noon. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News. The Annex Wealth Management Show is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation.